The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Uh, once again, my name is Pierce, and I've got Caroline with me tonight. Caroline, how are you? Hey. Hey. And we have a very special guest, Matt Ellis, uh, former contributor <laughs> to Streaking <laughs> in a past life, uh, worked for the site. Matt, how are you? I don't think it's technically former yet. I think I'm still... <laughs> Like, I think I could still write something if I wanted to. Technically has a byline uh, ability uh, on the blog, but uh, haven't been on the podcast in a a, a little bit, so we're happy to have you back to talk about uh, the Who's. Have have you been keeping up with the sports, Matt? Yes, absolutely. Um, So I'm glad basketball started because it's at least a sport I know about, unlike Paul and football and all of his (laughs) knowledge. Well, yeah, he is a wealth of, of knowledge on the gridiron, and, and we miss him dearly tonight. We we should talk a little football still because, uh, you know, that's the thing about them being not terrible is that we didn't do any, like, basketball preview stuff, really, through through the first few podcasts uh, leading up to the season because we were so excited about this football team. But now they've lost, so now we're not excited <laughs> anymore. Um, but you watch the pit game. Uh, we're... we're, we're things did you take away uh you know from a tough loss in the rain uh, matt we can't stop anyone running the ball so you know georgia tech's gonna be great that's gonna be really fun yeah um yeah showed they 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 have a scheme for it last season but it certainly seems like after the indiana the nc state and the you know the, the games they play bad uh it's not like they play good wow so smart and good at this um Caroline, do you do you have any uh, pending thoughts on the pit loss? Yeah, I, it sucked, but it's not the end of the world, you know. It's there's sorry, there's like a real dog ex- happening at my apartment or my house right now. Uh, we got a puppy today, so there's uh, squeaking from toys. Bennett's in the other room barking, so you know. Um, yeah, I think with that loss, it's kind of like you have to just remember that they're bowl eligible and it's November and there's still winnable games and stuff happens. And that's just how it goes. I, I trying not to overreact. Bryce had a really tough game and he's been outstanding all season. So like, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, the weather sucks and the defense, you know, you say we can't stop the run. They, they had those two big, running plays and one was really critical, uh, you know, back-breaking uh, game sort of ceiling play for Pitt. But overall, the defense held Pitt to 23, which is the goal, right? You know, I mean, Broncos even stated, uh, if you get to 24, we're going to hold other, the other team under that uh, is, is the best-case scenario or, or the, the, the normal successful scenario. 
and the defense did their job. I mean, I, I, I think you can blame a little bit on the messy weather, but there was a lot more going on uh, to the, the suckitude <laughs> from, from the offense, which is a little surprising because they've been doing so well. I mean, I know our dear listeners of the pod will remember that I totally said this was going to happen last week, but that was just general UVA jaded pessimism, nothing specific about uh, it other than the shoe was going to drop eventually, and it, it pretty much did Friday it does, night. It does sort of make you wonder, though, if you think back to last season, right, where the offense was going along pretty well through the first half of that Miami game. And then you saw during the last month of the season – it really sort of just fell apart, right? It got less innovative. Teams mm-hmm. seemed like they knew what they were doing. I don't know if that's conditioning, if it's play calling, if it's just bad luck and tough opponents later in the season. But, I, you know, we'll see. Liberty has one of the worst defenses yeah. in the country, so it shouldn't be an issue there. But, Knock on wood. you know, if you, can't <laughs> get, if, yeah, if you can't get to 35 points on Liberty, then there's a concern there about just what happens to this yeah. offense in November. Well, there's no way that Liberty is going to have the pass rush uh, that Pitt did, at least as, right. as far as we can assume at this point. And I think it all really stemmed from the line play uh, on, on both sides somewhat. I mean, that's why Pitt was running the ball successfully. Uh, but really, Perkins looked shook. Um, he wasn't able to get away um, from a single tackler as well as he's shown uh, in previous games for sure. And the running game, you know, they, they sort of went away from from Ellis. Uh, yeah, I saw some comments that don't seem unfair to me that the way they seem to call the plays is if Ellis is in and they're running the ball, you know it's going up the middle. And if Ellis yeah. isn't in, you know they're going wide. I haven't gone back and really, like, critiqued the film or anything to see if that's statistically accurate, but it does seem correct, and it does seem um, like something that would be easy to predict based on the personnel. And that, that in general, the idea that play calls have been easy to predict predict based on personnel is not new to the Robert and I offensive no. scheme in uh, his time in Charlottesville. That's something that we've seen with different receivers uh, over the past few years. It, it seems uh, like a trend. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to know on those plays where they run Ellis up the middle and, you know, Perkins hands him off and then runs around the edge. How many mm-hmm. of those are, he actually has the option to read there yeah, or how yeah, many of those are just straight dives, right? Cause if he's actually getting the read and he's just handing it off, that's one thing. Yeah, but it happens seemingly every time. So you wonder if it's just a dive play with some fake action around the end, in which case it's not innovative at all. Yeah, and even if it is just the 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 lack of innovation, just having the, like the dive to Ellis works. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, so it, it wasn't initially. It, I know he he broke off a run later that gave him a little light. But other than that, there wasn't too much going on. But it did seem like they were getting away from the running game unnecessarily. Um, it, it wasn't working. Maybe that's why you get away from it. But right. time and time again, you saw them just rely on, well, we'll just have Bryce throw it and, and scramble around and he'd take a sack, right. <laughs> you know, on third and short, taking a 10-yard sack. And, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's terrible. And it's, it's probably, like you were saying, a mix of decision-making, play-calling, line play, good defense uh, from Pitt. Yep. But the fact that they – the pit defense look good is concerning because statistically they're not 
good <laughs> this no. year, you know, and the weather has a little bit to do with that, blah, 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 but it, it really shouldn't matter. You shouldn't let the pit defense look like that in a night game in your home, uh, you know, just qualifying for bowl, just excitement, prime time, blah, 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 all the reasons we were optimistic and they uh, crapped the bed, so to speak. Uh, uh, that seems a little strong. I don't know. I think Pitt's better than I definitely gave them credit for. You kind of go back and look at, I think shit, the bread is strong. Like they showed that their depth because the defense, and I know we said there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of blame to go on the defense, but the um, defense of the defensive injuries that were sustained, I think affected the out like momentum, especially after the horse collar call, whether you want to think it was a horse collar or not. Um, those guys being on the field for so long, it just kind of killed all sorts of momentum. I don't know. I, I just think it was kind of like, yeah. But none of this, we're not putting really any of this on the defense. No, I know. What I'm saying is I don't think they shit the bed. I think they just had a bad day. <laughs> now we're just arguing semantics of not performing well. I, I mean, yeah. I guess. Shit the bed means you have the ability and just like fully mess everything up and just like throw up on yourselves and I don't think that happened I think they were outplayed by a team that's better than them so so I guess that's the question right do you think Pitt is better than yes, Virginia you think I they're do. better okay I do think that they are a be- they've going back and looking at some of their scores they have played and performed better against teams than I gave them credit for earlier I, I, I mean all their losses for the most part are good losses right UCF Notre Dame but I mean they did lose to Carolina they don't they they lost to Penn State by 50 uh, you know, I, I, I agree that they were better on Friday. I'm not sure that they're a particularly good team. Um, and it's going to be weird this weekend because if you want any shot at really at UVA getting to that ACC title game, you need to cheer for Virginia Tech this weekend. Yeah, and I think maybe by saying, like, I think they're a better team, like, if we played them again, I still think there's a, a chance, there's a good chance that Virginia could beat them. But I think just looking at it like they were the better team, like, it wasn't like – now, if Virginia had the same performance against Liberty, then they shit the bed sure. against an ACC foe that also had stuff on the line. Yeah, yeah. It's right, less I get dramatic that. To me. Pitt, I don't think it has things to lose too. But UVA, the the reason I think they did it is because they had this opportunity to win the Coastal uh, right in front of them, and it's a home game, and this you know first time everybody's getting excited trying to temper their expectations a little bit, but the literal first game where they're in the driver's seat to have the Coastal in a home primetime game, they let a terrible defense shut them down. A team that got, they gave up to Carolina, how many points? 38 to Carolina. Yeah. And you could yeah, only muster 13. It's all different stuff. I mean, it's different things, different days, and it is what it is. I mean, that's, that's why we play the game. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why we're acting like this is some huge – devastating loss because they actually had something on the line like they're still overperforming I think and I think most of us would agree I I saw a lot of like same old same old and it's not remotely same old same old they have a very slim margin for error and that showed in this game because there were they were outplayed at the line especially offensively so the pit defensive line showed them up and that was the difference in the game like they Bryce got no time there were drop passes like, and that's it. Like, I don't think that there's this huge, like, Oh, they really screwed it up. And this is why Virginia can't ever win the big game. Like it's just, it is, it's just a loss in conference to a team that was probably on paper better than them. But on paper, they weren't 
really that better than them. Is my point. Basically, like, the it was bump a winnable of game. It was a winnable like, game that they didn't come close to winning. You know. I don't know. I'm not that chafed about it. They've got six wins already, so. Yeah, I no, wasn't. I went. No to, I watched it, and them. I was like, "Man, that stunk!" And then I was over by the time I got to the top of the stairs to leave the stadium. They can no still win the Coast Bowl. That it's not a, a good season. It's just this was their first opportunity as the leader in the Coastal, and they didn't take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, when on paper they should have. And it's not lost yet, though. Like they can right. Still, it's that, right. It's, it's this, just out this of their hands. Big opportunity is lost, but no. Obviously, the season yeah. can still be a great success. Of course. Liberty, of course, would be a bigger statement were they to lose, but yeah. I don't think any of us expect that. Uh, uh, did you know Turner Gill's their coach? I did. Who's Turner Gill. He's, oh, he, he used to coach Buffalo. And he had a good coach at Buffalo, so Kansas hired him. And he Is was he related to Anthony Gill? <laughs> no, I don't believe so. No. <laughs> Uh, but let's get into basketball. Um, we can come back to football and maybe preview nah. next week, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, but I don't have a lot to preview for Liberty. Hopefully it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, that's my yeah. biggest takeaway. Is like, just don't play on days where it rains because we just suck. So, Yeah. Um, but basketball had their opener. We haven't previewed too much. I think there's been plenty of content on the blog, though. So hey, anybody listening to this has probably read some of that. Uh, the Who's... You know, you tend to be top five in most people's uh, national preseason rankings, at least top 10 in, in most of them. Uh, we know the stars. We know the expectations. We know the, the cloud that they're shaking away. And, you know, hopefully it's a new season and beating a team from the Baltimore suburbs. Uh, <laughs> might be helpful. What a weird thing that was to see, you know, to experience that they were wearing yellow and black. Oh, <laughs> and, and you're just sitting there going, like, yeah. Ugh. When they hit that first three, I think everyone was kind of like, "No." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and more, more to to the point of, of the similarity to the UMBC game too is the the missed shooting on yeah. Virginia's end. I mean, they started probably it was like one for eight, one for nine from deep. It was it, it wasn't concerning, uh, but it certainly was a a, a chance to to you know make a statement in the first 10 minutes and they waited until maybe the third 10 minutes of the game to <laughs> yeah that's to show that they were the superior team for sure uh, but a lot of highs i think a lot yep. of fun things um to take away uh certainly you have high expectations for this team i think we all do um but i think you know that there were still things to be surprised by uh, tempered still you know Towson not a good team um, but I think there's a very obvious one I'm alluding to Matt if you want to jump on uh, something you were uh, pleasantly surprised by Jay Huff all right you can go no. with that I was thinking another <laughs> no I, I, what do you think of Huff I, I I'm still not sure if he can play defense I still think I, I think you'd like to see him play more than eight minutes in this type of game, right? It, it's still just a ton of potential there that you hope sort of comes together. I, I think he's he'll be the guy who plays 10 to 15 minutes a game in the out-of-conference, and then ACC play starts, and he plays three and a half minutes a game, if that. Yeah. I, I, we, I hope he, he gets that, at least. You know? Right, you, you hope he gets off there, yeah. You wonder if death is – but we were just as thin on the front court, really, last year, too. I mean, I know Isaiah was here, but right. – you know, Huff, if if he was going to play Huff at, for the sake of like guys getting into foul trouble, uh, he would have last year. Um, yeah, 
hopefully he does this year, which shows that he trusts Huff a little more. But man, does the facial expression from the from the head coach uh, when Huff does things it just doesn't scream confidence. <laughs> it his is first, his first few minutes were were real tough. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously near the end of the game, he was fantastic. And people will say like, oh, that was garbage time or like whatever. Um, he looked very tense, very nervous. And keep in mind, he did have like shoulder injury and shoulder repair. And he had, was delayed a little bit in some of the recovery. So I'm going to give him a pass for the first four minutes yeah, he played. Yeah. And, and maybe it gets better. And there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these kids. And I thought the leash was too short, you know, like for, for those reasons. He's going out there and trying to do some stuff. And maybe the um, the attempt at like some sort of tomahawking uh, through the lane maybe crossed the line or, or did cross the line. But uh, I, I think he showed why he can be exciting and bring some, some valuable minutes even as the competition gets tougher. It is peak UVA sports blog, though, to start the season off by talking about Jay Huff as the first player the <laughs> yeah, know, right? in the entire roster. Yeah, this is all this is on, you. You know, I, I felt like I had to do it. <laughs> but the other um, maybe more uh, formative, uh, notable surprise uh, is one of the, the first years, uh, Caroline. Hey, my dude. So uh, Homeboy's like maybe 5'7". Like, he's listed at 5'9". He's not 5'9". Um six assists one turnover in his debut and i just, he was just great he looked comfortable he looked confident he looked like he'd been on the team for two years already yeah the rapport was great he can shoot like i just was really impressed to the steal under the basket for the boot bags <laughs> i'm He's he's a pest, right? Like the fact that he can already play defense is great. Um, yeah. He clearly fits that. I again look forward to watching him get switched onto Zion Williamson in the post, which is going to be the greatest <laughs> thing I've, I've ever seen all year. Um, I I don't know his shooting form is kind of terrible. It, it's weird, right? Yeah, it it just it looks like it takes so much effort. Right, but then again, so does Ty's. Ty still looks like he sort of catapults the ball up there somehow. Ty does have an odd, uh, odd-looking shot. I mean, Brogdon had one of the weirder shots right. uh, I think we've seen in on a Tony yeah. team. Ty has a lot of, or Ty has a lot of Brogdon in him. Is that the right way to say it? Um, Ty was fantastic. I think he's the best player on the team. I know people are going to pick Dre, and Dre had a great game, a real sneaky. Stealing my hot takes from Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying that forever. (laughs) Um, He had a sneaky double-double with 13 and 10, and it kind of was one of those you look up and you're like, oh, shit, Dre's got a double-double. Good for him. Um, Dre could have buy a bucket. Yeah. (laughs) He got there because he was bigger and talented and, uh, you know, wore down uh, the other team. Yeah. On like second and third attempts. <laughs> because I think that what I really, really liked to see was the offense was doing different things. They were mm-hmm. running different sets and trying things. They were pushing it in transition at times when it was applicable. Like Ty hit a transition three and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like swoon in the, like you're just like, that's amazing because it's the right time to do it and he hit it. Like it's great. Um, they also were the thing that was only thing keeping me from not being stressed in the first part when they were missing everything was that they were getting good looks. Like they were still making the right moves on offense and getting around. They just weren't making those shots fall and those shots will fall. 
it, as it, long it's, as not, yeah. It's, it's what you want from those warm up games. Warm, yeah, you know, not an exhibition, but yeah. it's weird to win a game by thirty where I forgot if Kyle Guy was ever on the court at any point in time. Right, like he he was just there was nothing out of him, and you still yeah. won by thirty. You know, there were a couple moments um, for for Kyle that I liked. Uh, the most important was he had a drive that he finished and, and not that there was a, a really awkward uh, tie to Kyle layup, but there was a drive earlier where I mean, it may have came off a rebound or something and he went at the hoop and he didn't finish well, but the ball went in the hoop, which was a lot different than a lot of Kyle guy uh, sort of, <laughs> you know, especially, I mean, I hate to keep bringing it up, especially the UMBC game was filled with not just Kyle, but UVA just, get into the hoop and throwing it up there and then not going in. You know right. what I mean? Like not, not finishing cleanly, not a clean play, just sort of like, Oh, you, it, it's not terrible strategy. You know, you think you get, you get it off the backboard. It usually works out, but it, it was nice to see him just keep, you know, being a little aggressive and his shot fell uh, a few times uh, towards, towards the middle and end of the game. They were saying, I just want people to be patient with Mamadi. I saw a lot of like, or not a lot, but a few things online. It's, that were it's only year three. Well, come on. <laughs> like, look at when the other big men for Tony Bennett developed and yeah. did well. Like, yeah. Akil Mitchell wasn't a superstar in year two or year one. Like, it took time. And it's the first game, and there's people that are already like, well, if he's not good now, he's never going to be good. Like, Akil wasn't good till his third year. Like, Darion yeah, wasn't so good till his third we year. We hope that for Yeah, but he didn't – like, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't have – When will Jack be good? <laughs> oh, no. How many Ellis, years will it take? Ellis, I will drive. You mean the guy <laughs> who got the first basket and got things going on a nice move? Got yeah, things going. yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. My dude is the best, and I will hear no slander. I will drive to New York and punch you. I think we could have a Jack Salt only podcast. I like. I, I think I made this clear. I'm not anti Jack Salt. Um, I'm not. I'm not like uh, super. Pro, I don't like. I'm pro everybody on the team. Um, I I don't know. I think my point being, I think I could be somewhere in the middle and and really uh, be an arbiter for uh, uh, some sort of uh, first take uh, ESPN garbage. Uh, if you guys want to just hash it out, but, <laughs> you, you have another point about this game, Matt, or about this well, <laughs> sort of both. Like on the yeah. Jack Salt thing, I I thought the best, my favorite thing from this game was getting to see Braxton Key. Yeah, because um, he's yeah. really good, and you yeah. know we'll see how he is defensively against better teams. But his shot looks good, even if he didn't shoot the ball great. He seems physical. We struggled rebounding, but it, it's clear that he can rebound. And I think that having that last year, if you wanted to go small, small still meant really DeAndre at the three because you can't reliably put Mamadi or Isaiah out on that three, or unless you wanted to go really small with Devin out there. Right. You can now go with either Braxton or DeAndre at the 3-4, switch a bunch of things that way, and put Mamadi as your, your five-man if you want to go for a really good stretch with Key and Hunter as the four and five. I mean, it's not really four and five, right. but the biggest guys, yeah. they, they, it was a, a good solid stretch there. And maybe you don't get to do that against most teams, uh, but certainly going to be valuable against some teams out there with the lack of depth in the front court or at least the bigger, bigger front court. Well, in the way um, that they, um, what I really liked in that with seeing Tony tinker with lineups like that is it seems like this year he is able to, and more willing to go 
force other coaches to adjust to his lineup. So if he goes small, mm-hmm. like then other coaches have to deal with the fact that Braxton and Dre are a nightmare to figure out what to do with. If you have a different, like a normal three, four, five can't match with what they were trying to do last mm-hmm. night. So I think that was really cool. And I think it's, ex- it should be exciting. A lot of people and rightfully were like, what are we going to do on offense? Is anything going to change? And I think that answer after watching just the one game last night is definitely yes, that things are different offensively. And you're absolutely right. The thing that shocked me the most, probably how great Braxton and Kihei looked in the pack line. They were, they gave up nothing defensively that, or at least at the first glance that the defense was outstanding um, throughout, even on the possessions when Towson would score, obviously there were breakdowns yeah, yeah. every now and then, but yeah. they got on that three pointer they made to open the game. I was like, that's a bummer. Cause that was like seven, six, seven sec- seconds left of the shot clock. Yeah, and that, that was from like happens. the a in Virginia. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And that was just a shot and he made it and that's how it is. But Towson had no assists. I cannot tell you we were trying to find another game recently. Like there hasn't been one since like the eighties. I think that there have been zero assists in a game wow. or something like that. Like it's, it doesn't happen, especially when there's 14 turnovers and zero assists. Like they really, um, maybe our stat boy saying wasn't it three times since 2011. I don't know if that's true. You're the stats boy, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe you know. But it is unusual. All right, I'll say like, <laughs> I'll say that it's yeah, it doesn't happen often. It was enough where Tony Bennett at the end was like, oh, zero assists, and then. Yeah, it's um, ridiculous. And Clark is just a, a bulldog out there. It's it, 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 You hate to laugh, I, I mean, but it was, I was laughing. And I was laughing out of enjoyment. Like, look how feisty this kid is. This is awesome. He's going to be everybody's favorite player at some mm-hmm. point in his career, for sure. After he stole the uh, inbounds pass and laid so it, awesome. the look on his face he was giving the kid uh bringing the ball up uh you know immediately uh in that possession was hilarious uh just mean mugging him down the floor i mean I, it, it's it's comical it's it's so hopeful for the future for sure but also just hopeful for this season that you have another guy who can be a pest on the wing because that's something we talked about missing uh, with Hall not that they're like necessarily similar players but somebody you feel comfortable um, putting on a quick point guard uh, I would say Clark against Towson is showing that you know he could he could be um, put into a role like that so hopefully it continues Uh, we'll 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 be able to see uh, get some better competition coming up uh, shortly of course i do want to talk about hunter a little more um before we hand out our stars and talk about the acc um because i think the only thing i've said about hunter uh is uh that he couldn't buy a bucket and that's ridiculous because hunter is it looks great he looks like a different player not just physically but in the way he was trying to score i mean the the he was gunning for buckets they weren't going in, but that's going to change, obviously. And he looked comfortable being one of the guys. I think um, most folks are going to echo that it's got to be or it's going to be Ty and Hunter with 
Kyle having his, you know, sharp shooting and flashes. And you saw that from both of them, that they, they're this comfortable being the guy and not deferring. And it's not like the team doesn't pass. And it's not like the team doesn't run sets, but you want that aggression. And I think that's something that we have noted over the years that sometimes is lacking, call it, you know, uh, a roster full of too many nice guys or whatever you want to call it. There, there's always been an idea that the the team is hurt when someone isn't going, it's on me. I'm going to do it. Let, Let, just step back and watch this for a second, you know, not in a selfish way, but I, I mean, am I wrong, Matt? You see, I, it seems like a whole different hunter to me in a good way. No, I, I, I totally agree. Right. He seems assertive. He seems confident there while still knowing that I, I think even he would sort of recognize that this just seems like it's Ty's team. Yeah. Um, but you touched on at the beginning too. He just looks different out there, right? Like he looks like he, if you saw him suit up in an NBA game, you'd be like, that guy looks like he belongs out there on that court. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is something that we haven't had, I think, maybe since Justin. Um, but it, I, I think the shot is still a little bit of work if he wants to play that sort of stretch four role as opposed to just driving to the basket every time because he, he right. can overpower those guys at Towson right. and he'll be able right. to do that until I, I honestly have no idea if Maryland's going to be good or if he won't get tested until the ACC. Right. Um, Regardless, he's going to get tested in the ACC track. Yeah, he, he, he can't do that then. Um, right. So it'll be interesting to see if he's going to play that stretch four role, if we really want to be that offense that I think people are, are dreaming about being able to unlock, can the shot be consistent? And then on the other end, his defense is fine. His defense is really good. Um, but even last night, it seemed like we just couldn't finish possessions and get rebounds. So do we really suffer on that end? If he's going to be playing a big role there, can he get in there and rebound for 20 minutes a game in that? Yeah, yeah I wasn't, I'm not too concerned about the misses from last night. I think that that's just like, they'll get it worked out. They were often in the right spot, which I don't know if that's better yeah. or worse. Um, and some stuff was just kind of weird. And it was something that coach Bennett and the players mentioned, like, you know, they have to do better at, so it's not like, they, they can get it done, and I'm not too concerned, but it was just one of those things like, guys, grab a rebound, like, a couple times, and I, I absolutely agree. And Hunter was – like I said, it was like a sneaky double-double. Like he's out there just doing everything in the way that he – he only took one three-pointer. He didn't make it, but, like, if that's the way that his game is going to be, that's interesting too because he can make three-pointers. We've seen him do it, especially in the ACC play. He was outstanding last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see – how where he's taking his shots from and how they use him the most but he's unbelievable like he's just like yeah he's fun to watch you hope um marco can provide you know some rotational minutes we didn't get to see a a lot from him last night nothing like super meaningful i mean he looked um he didn't look shaky or anything like that to me so uh i know he had a, a couple flashes in a good way last season uh in his first year and then certainly some some flashes uh, in a, a raw, young, inexperienced way. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, how he factors in. You wonder uh, having a freshman guard immediately yeah. leapfrog him. Um, but they're, they're different players. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, but, but burning, one of the weird things at the end of the game, burning Statman's redshirt. Well, yeah, that was decided, I guess, yeah. like that it, they had made that. It wasn't right. You know, but but it makes you think that them, if you're if you're gonna use him, 
on the wing. He seems like Kihei and, and Marco aren't going to overlap in minutes. Statman and Marco could. So it makes you wonder if there's a lot of faith in, in what Marco brings to the table. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it could be um... – Unfortunately, it could be the opposite. Like, why else, you know, would you burn that red shirt? Yeah. Unless you thought you were going to need them. Um, I, I don't know. The red shirting in basketball, like, it, it's been a sort of an odd, uh, familiar thing for Virginia. You know, I don't follow too many teams as closely. It just seems like we're unusually prone to it. And maybe this is just getting back to – balancing your roster by knowing you've got the guys you get in for hopefully three or four years and not worrying about like saving a fifth year season outside of injuries and things like that. I don't know. Maybe it's just more normal to play a freshman, let him get his feet wet uh, when he can, just in case you need him. And it could injury. be a you know, side effect of Padochi too. Well, uh, absolutely. I think like seeing if they, the, Yeah. If they don't get him back and maybe now that just kind of changes up how they use if he was going to be the four, maybe they use some of the other guys in the three more or move some of those threes to yeah. the four. And now they want a little bit more depth in the three and you're, um, and they bring in Statman for that. But I think it's, it's pretty clear that Badochi is not playing at least this year. Um, and they, can they use the number again? Like it's because it, like his number just said Virginia on the back. Like when um, the, the manager Kersey turned. Yeah. When Kersey came in, player, like, I, yeah. I don't know the rules enough to say whether that's, like, oh, well, his number got used in one game, so, or whatever. And I, I, I don't think there's any rules. I, obviously, someone's welcome to correct me if, if anybody does know rules about I don't think number usage is the issue. I think it's the fact that they suited him up as available for the roster. Like, if you thought, you know, Budochi was going to come back, you don't need an extra walk-on for any reason. But if you know you have that space on the roster, then obviously you, you would allow for someone to fill that space. Uh, that's the logic that, that plays out in my mind is, you yeah, know, I don't know. It's weird space. So you might as well give it to the next manager. I think he's only suiting up um, home games too. Based on. I think someone we, said that. We've yesterday. only had home games. <laughs> yeah. Based on the fact. No, I, and I wish based I could have been point whether I saw it on Twitter or whether it was the talk gotcha, in the press gotcha. room, but like, cause, because Kersey's a local kid and um, has ties to UVA. Like, I, I don't know if someone said like, Oh, it's only for home games. And I was like, Oh, okay. all th- I think all three of the walk-ons are local kids. Yeah. And Jaden Nixon is too. Um, and obviously yeah. Kesher. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, it was a fun moment uh, to see them get in to see Nixon, Almost have a pretty nice dunk. Uh, he got fouled. Yeah, it was so, so close. The bench was losing it. There was, <laughs> some, there was some bounce uh, for sure. But anyway, why don't we hand out uh, our stars for the basketball game since we're so hype about our championship caliber level basketball team. We'll, we'll switch to basketball for this week for the stars. Um, I'm going to go first. Ha! My star is Ty Jerome. <laughs> yeah because ty jerome's the best um and i i hope more fans of other teams start hating him more because i don't think they hate him enough and i that think it's so partly true. because of kyle's man bun um partly because uh you know G- kyle included but other guys have gotten more talk outside of one shining podcasts coverage of uva <laughs> our boys tate and titus know that that jerome is is the the 
the thing that stirs the who's drink. I don't know. I'm getting lots of metaphors here. Anyway, it, it led the team in scoring last night. Uh, just plays with cojones. I mean, just comes out there and says, enough of this. I'm just going to start shooting it whenever I freaking feel like it. And it's going to go in because I'm really good at this. And all of you can suck it. That, that, that's, those are the words I feel uh, that they're being expressed by his play. And he should lean into that. Um, we're the new Duke in that being like how Duke was, not how Duke is now. Yeah. In that we're going to make us the old Duke. Hmm? Wouldn't that make us the old Duke? Well, we're the new, we're the, we're the new, what old Duke, we're the, we're the new version of that old Duke. I, I'm, I think I'm tracking. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Matt. <laughs> yeah, Ellis on what is his last podcast Ellis does. I don't know, it's kidding. No, no. Just kidding. In fact, he gets to go next. He gets oh, to God him, damn it. his next star. I'm going with Key. Um, right. You know, I, I think he brings a different dimension to this offense, potentially. Uh, you know, he had twice as many rebounds as Diakite and Salt combined, and he can play offense, which is fantastic. It's so unnecessary. It, you know, I, I think his he, play is very necessary. I, I, I think it is, too. It, it's weird to see a guy grab the ball on a rebound and be able to put it back into the basket. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a dimension that we've been missing since <laughs> I uh, probably Mike Toby. Um, but he's like a coordinated Mike Toby. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 what percentage of UVA basketball players do you actually enjoy watching Um, on the current roster? (laughs) No, no. Over, over however many years you've been following. Like at at the center position, it's a pretty low percentage. (laughs) It's, it's a keel and now Braxton key. And that's probably a center. He will be. If Jack keeps fouling a guy every four minutes, <laughs> can we talk about his free throw form? I'm glad to see he's been practicing. Uh, hey, he's already better. He's already at a better percentage. Him going one for two is better than last year. So you should be saying. Was he really what? under 50%? Like, he was like 30 38%. 38%. Oh, I just like, I drank that fact away. And now I'm going to have to do that again. Hey, he's at 50% now. Well, I'll tell you, they shot 61% from the line last night as a team, and that is bad. Bad. At least it's not as bad as Towson. Yeah, but Towson <laughs> is Towson. That's true. Dre, Dre left like four out there. Kyle missed one. Bad. Can't, can't have that nonsense come ACC time. If we even get any calls at Duke, we're going to need all those points. <laughs> I really just wanted to see if I could get Caroline to justify Salt being her star of the week. I'm considering well, it. It's time <laughs> Let's for her it. to announce. Just for your haters. Now I'm going Kihei. Duh, man, Duh. my dude. Um, I just there's just something about the way that he played the game. Like I said, he he seemed comfortable, and I don't know the last time a first year stepped into the defense that comfortably. Um, you know, London played a ton as a first year, but, and yeah. I just, I got a lot of Cali cool from him, like version yeah. 2.0, yeah. like he's also a Cali guy. And he talked after the game about, you know, having some jitters and being so excited to step out there the first time he checked in. And I think he's approaching everything the right way. And if you can get <laughs> under Ty Jerome's skin enough to get him to throw a ball at you and in practice, like. Oh, he's got to be infuriating to <laughs> like, practice against. 
And he's the guy that like loves to get into that low defensive stance and right. like bug the shit out of you and will mean mug you after he does it. And you're just like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, I thought he was great. So six assists, only one turnover. He's my star. So, I mean, I think really we all just want to see more from Kyle Guy. Um, Kyle, I know you're listening. You didn't get any (laughs) of our stars tonight. And that's bullshit, man. You're a burger boy. Um, (laughs) Don't let Ty take this team away from you. Um, He's too busy wedding planning. I know. Uh, Ty, you know, Ty and Dre have this Instagram comment, bromance. I feel like Kyle and Jack need to step up their Insta comment bromance. And their points per game to, you know, we can have dueling couples on the basketball team. <laughs> That's That'd be amazing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we can close there. <laughs> dueling and, basketball romances. We'll be back next week to hopefully talk about the victory over Liberty. Hopefully talk yeah, about a basketball done. victory over George Washington. Maybe we'll talk about other sports too. Maybe we'll bring Brian Leong on to recap the volleyball season um, because, I know he's been following that very closely. Uh, pay your pack line pludges, everybody, and uh, enjoy all the content leading up uh, to this weekend's games. Uh, unless you guys have anything else to say. Good night for everyone on the blog. Go who's. iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. 5-Hour Energy. It works fast, it works long, it tastes good, and with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket, fits your backpack, fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5-HourEnergy.com.